The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. And greetings, my friends, all around the world. This world around us is changing. The mainstream professing Christians now comprise less than half of the American population. Let me quote from a recent Wall Street Journal article on religious trends. This article states, and I quote, Scholars are divided between those who think that the United States will retain its religious character and those who expect the country to follow Western European nations toward widespread secularism. It is starting to become socially acceptable to say, I don't have religion, said a prospective professor of population studies. Picture those millions still attending professing Christian churches who often experience a great emptiness. For God is not actually real to most of them. They are increasingly disillusioned. They are searching for the real meaning of life, and they are not finding it in professing Christianity, my friends. What is going on? How can you personally come to really know God? How can you personally come to really understand the meaning of life? You can know. Stay tuned. Again, my friends, how can you really come to know God? Not just know about God, but know God. How can you have your prayers actually answered? How can you be sure that God is there and that he will truly guide your life if you seek him? Today, I want to give you five keys to help you truly know the real God, the God of the Bible, the God who gives you life and breath. The first key is creation. Yes, I know Satan the devil has gotten most of the world deceived and confused on this topic, primarily through promoting the theory of evolution, and it is still a theory. Think about this theory, picturing a creation without a creator. Picture the magnificent universe with the billions of planets, asteroids, and stars, all guided by laws. The scientists always start off with those laws already in existence. Who made those laws? Think! Increasing numbers of scientists, however, now begin to realize that the intricacies of the universe and the intricacies of the human mind demand a creator. Turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 1. Here the apostle Paul was inspired by the creator God to say, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. In the Old Testament, God says, He who says there is no God is a fool. And God implies that right here. 
frankly, my friends, even though these are educated people who believe in, in evolution and that there is no creator, they're some of the most foolish people in the whole universe, if you think about it. Here's this great big creation. One thing demands another. Laws already in existence. Everything's out there that shows a tremendous mind was behind all this. They all know it all just happened. We just came from lovesick amoeba in the warm ocean slime somewhere. Think about the bees and the flowers, a simple thing that's often used, but think about it. You have to have bees and flowers created at the same time because the bees have to get the pollen from the flowers and take them from place to place, and through their interaction, they both continue. They had to be created together for each one to survive. Did this just happen? Did something just sort of evolve over here somewhere making bees and something over here making flowers that demanded bees? Think. Hundreds of such instances are all through the world and the universe. All these things just happening on this earth accidentally. Think about the human mind, your mind, and the creative capacity of human beings. Did all of this come about by blind chance, creating the very minds with which these scientists reason and try to think there is no God? Does giving evolution more millions or trillions of years to make these things occur solve this problem? They think, well, it couldn't have happened a million. It couldn't have happened two or three million or a billion years ago. So they say, well, it happened way back there somehow, somewhere. Oh, really? Does that solve the problem? No. The magnificent creation demands a creator, my friends. Think about it and prove it. At this point, I want to offer you a more detailed proof on this very topic. Upon your request, we want to send you a copy of our intriguing and well-documented booklet entitled, The Real God, Proofs and Promises. This booklet will open your mind to the exciting proofs of the Creator God, the God of the Bible. The Real God, Proofs and Promises is such a challenging booklet that you may want to share it with your family and friends. People that get into doubts, it can help your children understand there is a reason for existence. There is a real God. This powerful proof of God's existence is not just sentimental stories. The real God proofs and promises give scientific and historical proof that a real God exists and that he is in charge over all of men and nations. So call us or write us today before you forget. Just ask for your free copy of The Real God. That's all you need. And you can also order this booklet on our website at tomorrowsworld.org. And you can follow us, my friends, at Tomorrow's World on Facebook and on Twitter. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now.
My friends, the second great proof I want to give of God's existence is that the Bible reveals God. Turn with me to chapter 6 of John and beginning in verse 56. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. In other words, Christ lives in us. He lives in us through his spirit if we walk with him. As the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the word of God in print. You need to study it. Read it carefully. Think as God thinks. If you feed on the Bible, if you feed on this book, not on books about the Bible, then God will become more real to you. He who feeds on me will live because of me. Turn to verse 63 now. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. These words convey spiritual essence and spiritual truth, and they will reveal God to you if you really study them. If you feed on this book, you read it regularly, you will begin to appreciate the mind of God. Also, you will appreciate the powerful prophecies contained in your Bible, describing events that are happening right now before your eyes. These prophecies in your Bible describe specific things that happened to ancient Egypt, to Tyre, and a soon-coming United States of Europe, prophecies that were given thousands of years ahead of time on occasion, and certainly many decades way back then, and things that are beginning to happen now to the American and British-descended peoples. They will affect your life. The great God guides the rise and fall of nations. He is bringing these things about. The eternal God guided the American and British-descended peoples to victory in World War I. He helped us win again. We worked together. The Anglo-Saxon Celtic people are the same peoples when you understand it. He gave us victory together in World War I and again in World War II. Picture the unconditional surrender of Japan at the end of World War II on the battleship Missouri. The inspired prophecies in your Bible indicate that these victories are over, however. We have turned away from the true God. We're turning away more and more as we descend into more filth and rottenness and vile things against the ways of God. We must listen to Bible prophecy to understand who God is, for the eternal God is real, and He's guiding events all around you. Turn to Second Peter in your Bible, chapter 1 and verse 19. We also have the prophetic word made more sure which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The third key I want to give you about the reality of God and how you can know God is keeping the commandments. That may sound simple, but think about it. How can you really know God? You can know God by walking with Him and keeping His commandments, for His commandments are a reflection of the very character of God. Notice how God Himself describes this back in 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. Now, by this we know that we know Him. How do we know God? If we keep his commandments, all ten of them, do you keep them? Do you keep the one that says you're not to lust after a woman? Do you keep the one that says you're not to lie? You're not to steal? Do you keep the fourth commandment? 
that tells you you're to rest the seventh day and commands us to do that. He, then it says in verse 4, He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, plural, is a liar. That's what John wrote. I'm not saying that. That's just what your Bible says. For a person who says he knows God, all kinds of people know about God, but they're not walking with God. They're not experiencing the life of God within them through the Holy Spirit because they're not keeping his commandments. So he who says he knows God and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. That's what your Bible says. But whoever keeps his word, whoever lives by this, as Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. If you live with this word, you begin to experience the life of God within you and you begin to understand the way God thinks, the way he is, and his laws are the very expression of his character. So he says, uh, you've got to keep his word. Truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him, you say you abide in Christ, ought himself to walk just as he walked. What did Christ do? He kept all ten of the commandments. He kept the fourth commandment. He obeyed God. He kept the Sabbath right along with the other people around him. He kept God's annual holy days. He never killed. He never committed adultery. He did not steal. He obeyed the way of life that God sets up from one end of the Bible to the other. So if you say you abide in Christ, you ought to walk as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. So it's not doing away with God's law, the basic way of God. The New Testament simply magnifies that way of life and tells you you're not only not to kill, you're not to hate. You're not only not to commit adultery, you're not to look on a woman to lust after her. It expands that law and magnifies that basic law of God. And if you keep that law, if you live that way, you can have fellowship with God. Notice First John chapter 1 now, verse 3. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, John writes, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. True Christians can have fellowship with God if they walk with God. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. This is the message which we've heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We're not perfect at once, but it's a process. He cleans us up. He fashions and molds us. He makes us like himself because we walk with him. The fourth key to know God, to really be acquainted with God, is to come to understand answered prayer. Key number four is answered prayer. As you walk with God, my friends, and more, you will see that more and more of your prayers will be answered. Turn here in First John this time to chapter 3. First John chapter 3 and verse 22. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Because we read this word, we feed on Christ and we honestly try to obey it. We obey our Creator. 
we do what he says, we keep his commandments, and then he will pour out his spirit and he will hear our prayers. He will hear you and you will get answers and you will come to know God if you walk that way of life and obey God. I always remember my dear friend, Mr. Herbert Armstrong's older son, Richard David Armstrong. We called him Dick Armstrong and how he healed a man named Howard Clark. Howard had been terribly wounded. He was a quadriplegic with terrible wounds from the Korean War. And he'd been in hospitals all right. He'd had plenty of doctors. They treated him all over in the big naval hospitals all across the land. And they worked with him. They couldn't help him. He had these terrible shrapnel wounds through his body. He sat there as I would preach in the Shakespeare Club in Pasadena, California, over on the aisle, and couldn't move virtually for years. Everyone knew it. Hundreds knew it. Then all of a sudden, over Pentecost weekend in 1958, Richard David Armstrong prayed for him, and he was healed. He got right up and started walking around by a miracle. I know there are these healing campaigns and people yelling and screaming and so on. We're not talking about that. We're talking about humble servants of God in a private place, praying for someone and asking God to keep his promise to heal and then being healed. I know I met a woman on a baptizing tour years ago who had a withered arm just roll right out. And her Baptist friend was with her who was not being called into our fellowship. But she said she grew up with this lady and she'd always been like that. Her arm had never grown out. And after receiving an anointed cloth from Mr. Armstrong, her arm grew right out. And I saw that. I talked to that woman. She was very sincere. She didn't hoop and holler. She just told it very sincerely. That is what happened. I was able to anoint Dennis Brady's little daughter, one of my students, a number of years ago in Ambassador College. He was late coming to the freshman Bible class. And I said, what's wrong, Dennis, out in the, in the area there? And he said, my little daughter is dying of spinal meningitis. She was very almost tearful. And he asked me to come out and pray, and I did. And God healed that little girl, and her fever broke overnight. The next day she was okay, supernaturally. My friends, in my own 63 years in God's true church, I have seen healing after healing, and I've been able to prove the reality of dozens of divine healings. I have proved that God really answers prayers in dozens and scores of instances, and God is alive. There is a real God. He can be your Father where you really know Him. Turn back to Psalm 37, verse 37. Mark the blameless man, he wrote, and observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace. But the transgressor shall be destroyed together, and the future of the wicked shall be cut off. You're going to see that over the next decade or two, my friends, as God intervenes through prophecy in human affairs. But the salvation of the righteous is from the eternal. He is their strength in time of trouble, and the eternal shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. My friends, we need to learn to know God and to trust in him and believe what this book says. Then we will get answers to our prayers and we will know that God is very, very real. Again, my friends, I want to offer you a free copy of this most inspiring booklet, The Real God, Proofs and Promises. This booklet will open your eyes to the exciting proofs of the Creator God, the God of the Bible. This powerful proof of God's existence is not about sentimental stories. It's about the real God. 
proofs and promises of his existence. It gives specific scientific and historical proof that the real God exists and that he is in charge over men and nations. So call us or write us today. Before you forget, just ask for your free copy of The Real God. That's all you need. And you can also order this booklet on our website as tomorrowsworld.org. And you can follow us at Tomorrow's World on Facebook and on Twitter. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Finally, my friends, I want to give you the fifth key to help you really know God. This fifth key is that Jesus Christ reveals the Father in a remarkable way. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verse 27 in your Bible. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, Jesus said, and no one knows the Son except the Father. And he says, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and he to whom the Son wills to reveal him. So Christ reveals the Father, and you have to really understand the Bible and study it to fully grasp what I'm saying, and I hope that you will. Turn back to John now, John chapter 14 and verse 4. Jesus said, Where I go you know, and the way you know. Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you're going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Christ is that way. There are all kinds of other religions with all kinds of ideas. Only the Christ of the Bible is the way to eternal life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and it's sufficient for us. Jesus said, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father? And the Father in me, the Father was living in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me, he does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. God lived in Jesus Christ in a remarkable way. Every major facet of God's approach to mankind is revealed in the life of Jesus the Christ. When you understand that Christ was the God of the Old Testament, the rock of Israel, you can see how Christ himself was against various forms of sin. You can see how he acted a God of power. 
Then you see Jesus walking on the shores of Galilee. Think about that. Meditate on Christ walking around the Sea of Galilee, constantly serving, helping, teaching, healing the people day after day, giving himself to all those around him, keeping God's Sabbath every week, keeping the holy days of God as the Bible clearly describes, doing what God says, having God live in him. You see Christ exuding the love and the wisdom. And yet when the false religious leaders got on his case, as they often do, any true servant of God, he said, you snakes, you vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? He told them in Matthew chapter 23 and a number of other places, he got on the false religionists more than anybody. He was willing to correct powerfully when necessary, but most of his life was devoted to teaching the way of God and loving, serving, exemplifying the Ten Commandments alive in a human being all day long. Then in the book of Revelation, who's the Christ of the book of Revelation? Think about that, the power that that Christ will unleash at the end of this age to show that God is God and he's not going to mess around when people fight him as they will. You can understand and know, really personally become acquainted with God by saturating your mind with this book and saturating your mind by reading the four Gospels and thinking about what Jesus did. His example, he says an example that we should follow his steps. Think about it. My friends, remember the, my favorite scripture, Galatians 2.20. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live with the faith of, not just faith in, but the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That Christ is to live in us. Picture these scriptures here in Hebrews chapter 4. I want to turn very quickly to Hebrews 4, picturing Christ as our high priest. Verse 14, who's passed through the heavens, the Son of God. He says, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. As you seek to truly know God, meditate on Jesus sitting at God's right hand as your high priest. This very real God can be your father. This very real Jesus Christ can be your savior and your high priest. May God help you to seek him and to find him. Again, be sure to call right now and request your free copy of this very inspiring booklet, The Real God, Proofs and Promises. Just ask for The Real God booklet. Call right now. And tune in every week, my friends, to Tomorrow's World program. On this program, you will gain precious information and insights available nowhere else. Richard Names and I will give you understanding of current events and of the exciting prophecies of tomorrow's world. We also invite you to join our fellow presenters, Wallace Smith and Rod King. They will give you special perspective and insight on vital biblical topics. So be sure to join us again next week, right here at this same time. See you here next week. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown.
To view the Tomorrow's World telecast or request today's free offer, visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. And remember to find us on Facebook and be sure to follow us on Twitter. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.